And turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at God's power in unexpected places today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This week, I have learned some things that I never did know before. So I want to share with you some things that I learned. Scientists have discovered some surprising and for me very unexpected ways to generate electricity. Have you ever looked on the internet and tried to find ways to generate electricity? If you have, then you're gonna, this will, might not be new to you. But here we go. The first, here's the partial list of some of the discoveries. Look at the screen in front of you. On this screen you will see a device that has been suggested by scientists. This device will generate electricity as you breathe to charge your iPod, your iPhone, your tablet, or whatever. You can actually buy this thing. Can you imagine all of us sitting here in the service breathing with this apparatus on our face as we are charging our electronic devices? I don't think so. The second one is this. In Sweden, rabbits are reproducing like, well, rabbits do. And some farmers, this has prompted some farmers to suggest burning these poor, sweet, cute little things to make power. True story. Sad but true. Third one. Carrie Kwan. I don't know which one it is, but Carrie Kwan. That car right there is a real car that will go up to, it's a race car, goes up to 125 miles an hour, and this car runs on chocolate. I don't know about you, but I'd rather eat chocolate. You can tell by looking at me I like chocolate. Not as well as many people, but I like chocolate. And this car runs on chocolate and biofats. I'd rather just eat it. Third one, some scientist. Bovine gas emissions are contributing to global warming. Now, I don't know if I believe that or not. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But they have come up with some apparatuses, and I'll let you look that up how they are going to convert this to electricity. They say that one cow can produce the electricity to, to power a refrigerator for 24 hours. So one cow can power our refrigerators. Maybe that's some of the future. Another idea is this dance floor. Dance floors that will convert dancing, the movement of the dancers, into electricity. I can see dads all over America saying, let's get this to help pay for this reception that I'm having to pay for. True stories. I'm not making this stuff up. How could I make some of this stuff up? And then also scientists, the next one, Jonathan. Scientists have learned that jellyfish produce electricity and that's how they do that glowing that they do. You've been to the aquariums and seen how jellyfish will glow. Well, they've dis they discern that jellyfish are producing electricity. I bring all this up because our text for this morning, he says this. Paul is telling the Corinthian church, unexpected, the title is God's power in unexpected places. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul is telling them that there's so much power in God. 
and he is just everywhere. And he's trying to confirm and convey to this Corinthian church that the wisdom and power you're seeking comes from him and him alone. I'm going to read a lengthy text this morning, but I want you to note, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this text, okay? We're going to begin with verse number 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. And if you don't pay attention, if you're going to sleep the rest of the time, that's your prerogative. But please hear God's word read this morning. Follow along with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Listen to God's word. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved... It is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God that the folly of what we preach to those who believe. For Jesus demands signs, for, no, for Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, or the Greeks. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Chapter 2, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible in words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would not let it return into you void, but that we would hear what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Again, let's consider this Corinthian church. 
You remember last week we talked about the Corinthian church and how diverse they were. It's a very diverse congregation. Some of them were slaves or were former slaves. Some of them were free. Some of them were former Roman soldiers. Some of them were members of the, with a Jewish background. Some of them came from a Greek or Gentile background. Today's text, I believe Paul is addressing those last two groups. He's addressing the Jews and the Greeks, the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's also addressing church members who have been impacted by the flawed thinking of either of these groups. You see, the Jews wanted supernatural signs in order to believe the gospel. The Gentiles, the Greeks, they wanted proof through human wisdom. They wanted to debate it. Now think about what's going on. You've got the early church here. You've got Jesus has come on the scene. Pentecost has occurred. The church has come on the scene. Paul came to Corinth Corinth, teaching and preaching and established the church there in Corinth. And so you've got the early church happening. You just picture what's happening. You've been asked to build this company. You've been asked to to help this company to sustain and to keep going at least for 2,000 years. And you've got to uh, have your company found in the slums. You've got to have your company found in the highest places of society. Your company has got to transform lives and uh, take care of people when the world doesn't care and can't do anything else. Meth addicts have got to be turned inside out. Prostitutes have got to be turned inside out. You've got to take hardened criminals and turn them on the way of right. This company that you've been asked to establish, where are you going to begin? Where do you begin? Well, if you're like a Fortune 500 company, you're going to go to those headhunters. You're going to go find the best of the best. You're going to get the A-list players. You're going to get the cream of the cream. You're going to get the, the, the brightest minds. But God says, no, I want to use Mark Wade. That's who I want to use. No, I'll take so-and-so. You see, that's what the Jews and the Greeks were facing. There they are with this new church, and they're not listening to God. God's saying, I want to use, they're not listening So Paul here in today's text, he's telling them and stating that unexpected, the facts that they had not expected to come from the wisdom and power of God. You see, God is the source of all of our wisdom, which the Greeks couldn't understand. And God is the source of all of our power, which the Jews couldn't comprehend. So the first thing that we see here today is this. God's wisdom is often seen as foolishness to men. God's wisdom is often seen as foolishness to men. Friends, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? I like how the message 
paraphrases verse 19. Verse 19, he's, the message paraphrases says, I'll turn conventional wisdom on its head. I'll expose so-called experts as crackpots. I like how the message does that. You see, what, where has the wisdom of man taken us in this day and age? We see the foolishness of man's wisdom if we just look around in our current society. What has happened? We've advanced technologically. We've advanced medically. But the problem with our current day and age is we see where wise men have taken us. Wise men, when we leave God out, our wisdom falls apart. Church, we may think we're smart, but when we rely only on ourselves, we're crackpots. Friends, look at the world today. Look at what is going on in society. Look at the television. Look at the internet. Get your news. I'm going to tell you, students, adults, evolution is crackpot thinking. There is no other way besides what God said in Genesis chapter 1 that he created the heavens and the earth. Evolution is silly. If you want to go and tear down anything Civil War related, people, I'm telling you, our nation has gone insane. That is history. That's not saying what we did then is right, wrong, or indifferent. It's saying that's the history of this country. Are we just going to throw out history? That is crackpot thinking. Just because you tear down a statue doesn't mean that your history has changed. People... Wake up, wise up. When we remove the Ten Commandments from schools and everywhere. If, have you been to Washington, D.C.? It's the Ten Commandments. The only picture that is facing forward in our House of Representatives is a picture of Moses looking down. All the other people around that rotunda or that area, they are all got the side view. But Moses is the only one straight ahead looking straight out at the Speaker of the House. People, our nation was founded on Christian biblical principles. We must adhere. The Ten Commandments are posted right there. Is there anything wrong with any one of them? It's common sense. God says, here's you some common sense. I'll give you ten of them. What are we thinking by saying we need to tear it down? That's man's wisdom. Well, actually, that's God's wisdom that man thinks is foolish. Removing Bibles out of schools. That is messed up thinking, church. You get the idea. When we take God out of our thinking, our wisdom leads to foolishness. Paul reminds us that man's wisdom comes from those who are perishing. Now, here's a good illustration. Man's wisdom comes from those who are perishing. If you see somebody in a lake drowning, are you going to say, you're perishing, so can you tell me how to swim, teach me how to swim? That makes no sense. you got to reach out there and save the poor fella or lady. 
people, you don't ask a drowning man how to swim. And those people that are out there, the, the ones proclaiming the foolishness of the ways of God, they are the ones perishing. So we have got to turn this, this boat around and get going the right direction. Where has wise men brought us? Have you ever seen a society so fearful, so perplexed, so confused, so corrupt? Look around. That's what man's wisdom has gotten us. It is time for the church to wake up. Are our families any better? Are we healthier because of man's wisdom? Are we happier in man's wisdom? I think not. Is our society safer because of man's wisdom? I say no. Are, have wars ceased because of man's wisdom? No, they've not. We're just escalating. It seems like every day some other turmoil is escalating, going up. Man's wisdom, has it ended hunger? Has man's wisdom ended abuse? Has it ended slavery? Has it ended suffering? No, sir, no, ma'am, it has not. Our modern human wisdom has failed. Ancient human wisdom failed. We have got to turn to God's wisdom. The only difference today is that our mess up just goes faster and farther than it did in ancient times. Human wisdom is not the answer. We have got to look to God's wisdom. It's the only way. The thing that we've got to see is this. The power of the cross of Jesus. Him crucified. Let's get back to preaching and teaching the truth of Jesus Christ. And He alone is the only way. The world says it's foolishness. But I say today, that's the power of the cross. Would you indulge me as Jonathan plays this video and let it just resonate in your mind. Watch and listen as we hear Kristen Getty, the power of the cross.
experience the cross and know it's not foolishness. The wisdom of God and the cross of Jesus covers us, as that song says, the power of the cross. The things that I have done, the things that I have said, and yet the power of the cross covers our sin. To prove this, I'm going to read a couple of scenarios And I'm going to then ask you, after I read the scenario, I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is going to say, where does this power come from? And I'm going to ask that all of us respond together. That's the power of the cross. That's the power of the cross. There is a person who who has deeply hurt you. And the old you would be angry and seek revenge. And hold out with complete bitterness. But because of Jesus, there's a new you such that you're able to forgive that person who has deeply hurt you. And you're able to not get stuck in bitterness, able to move on with your life, even if that person doesn't change. What could possibly explain that? That's the power of the cross. There's a marriage that's not working. Both of the people are Christians, but they're in a dry season. Their life is, seems like nothing seems to be working. The old you would say, that's it. I'm done. This isn't working. This is not what God had planned for me. I've tried and I'm done. 
But the new you says, you know what? I'm going to be patient. I'm going to pray and I'm going to try. And then sure enough, there's a breakthrough and all of a sudden, little by little, this couple begins to experience what God had intended for them. What could possibly be the explanation for that? A person loses his job. The old you would have been absolutely angry, blaming everybody else but yourself. But the new you is calm and at peace, looking for how you're going to grow in this experience and utterly trusting God to take care of you in the future. What could possibly explain that? You're a student in school and you want to be popular. But in order to be popular, you must do some things you know you ought not do. The old you would say, I don't want to do these things, but I want to be popular. I want to belong, and so I'm going to give in and do these things and try to keep it from my parents. But the new you says, no thanks, I'm already very popular with Jesus. That's all that matters. What could possibly explain that? There's a college student who hears the professor go on and on, class after class, basically berating those who think that they should believe in, and especially those who follow Jesus. It makes you and anybody who follows Jesus feel moronic. The old you would be completely intimidated by this person's intellect. But the new you says, you know what? Human wisdom alone can't grasp God's plan. And it causes you instead to pray for your professor that God might enable him or her to get it. And maybe, just maybe, use you as an agent of the Holy Spirit through what you say or more likely through what you're going to do to help this professor to get it, to understand it, and to see the cross and to cross that line of faith and to experience the power of the cross. What could possibly explain that? One more. A woman faces a terminal illness. She goes through two years of chemo and radiation and finally the doctor tells her that this disease is going to take her life. The old her would sink into depression. But this new her rises to joy. All who visit her in those final days feel that joy and that sure, steadfast hope. What in the world could possibly explain that? Friends, do you feel the power of Jesus Christ? Here in verses 23 and 24, Paul says, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the word of the cross, verse 18 says, is folly to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. God's wisdom is foolishness to man. Today... I got a lot more. We might be here to one or two in the afternoon, so I better quit now. But I want you to know something, dear church. You've got to realize, you've got to recognize that what you're going through and what you're experiencing and what you are seeing and how you try to tell people about Jesus and they laugh at you, they mock you, they wonder why you're going to church, they can't figure out why you waste your time, they can't figure out why you are... 
Church, listen to me. The, the world will say that the wisdom of God is foolishness. They're going to say you're a fool. But I want you to know today, man's weakness is displayed in God's power. And that would continue on to be the next point as we consider how the Jews needed to see God's power and God's power is, this, is exhibited in us. You see, we've got to realize that we're weak. We can't do anything without the manifest power of God. God is who has brought us to these hundred years. We're in our hundred and first year now. God is the one, not us, not man. We have done this only by the power of God. I am able to stand before you today only through the power of God. You're able to have and do what you do only through the power of God. People, we've got to recognize that he is on his throne. And we've got to acknowledge and proclaim King Jesus. He used Moses, didn't he? He used John the Baptist, who John the Baptist said he was the greatest ever. But boy, did people make fun of John the Baptist. Moses was, a, was, was born into royalty. God took him the first 40 years and, and tried to help him out. Next 40 years, he went out in the backwoods, uh, out in the desert. Then the next 40 years, God took a nobody and made him a somebody. And he led the children of Israel. John the Baptist the same. Jesus said there's not been anyone greater than John the Baptist. But boy, he probably stunk like the high heavens. He was just out there. He was, to the world, was a nobody. But John the Baptist was somebody that God used, second only to Jesus, according to Jesus' testimony. God's power is within us. We've got to tap into it. In the way of invitation this morning, please note that we have got to realize that it's only Jesus, only Him. He alone is the one that gives us power. He alone is the one who brings us to this place, who has got us here. He alone is the one who is worthy of our worship and praise. Today, you may not have a relationship with Him. And I know that the lateness of the hour, I tried, but I couldn't get it all in quick enough. But friends, here's the thing. Jesus loves you, this I know. The Bible tells me so. And he wants to tell you that he loves you and he's there for you. Whatever you've come into this place with this morning, won't you leave it alone and leave it here and go home feeling free? Let go of all that trash you've been dragging, the stuff. Let go and let God have it. Maybe you're already a Christian or not a Christian, and you need to, to say, hey, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Today, won't you do that? Won't you let me tell you more? Maybe today you just need to pray. Today, won't, whatever God's calling you to do, won't you do it? Let's go to him in prayer, and then musicians come, and Jason comes, get ready to lead us, and let's just say, God, whatever you need to do in these next few moments, we want you to have your will and let your way be accomplished. Lord, don't let us hold back for anything from man's perspective. But God, let us trust in you and your wisdom. And whatever occurs, God, we want to be bringing praise and glory and honor to Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen.